But that Luke's a finisher anyway. If, if, if all things being equal, that Luke can finish a game for you in one turn. Oh, yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah. And if you're running Desperation, you can put Luke's lightsaber on him. Job's a good one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Shall, we, uh, shall we talk about Thrones then, I guess? Yeah, okay. His name is Craven. He likes white ravens. And he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave. He cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom. He plays for fun. And if you beat him, then he'll punch you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter, it's banter behind the throne. Hello everybody, uh, good evening, welcome to our returning listeners. This is episode 61, or if you're so inclined, it is season 3, episode 1, which about two minutes ago we decided would be marketed and pushed as a jumping on point for new listeners. So for those of us, those of you who know us, um, this will come as no surprise, but if you are a new listener, you decided you're going to give our podcast a little go, um, allow us to introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Lowell Craven. I appear on some of the boards under the name of Old Shrimp Eyes, although I am a lot quieter in the community than I have been in the past. Uh, I've been playing the game since uh, the first edition, so I've talked probably getting on for about five years now. Um, stuck through the transition to second ed. Uh, I live down in Essex, and you may see me frequent uh, Wayland Games in Hockley, and occasionally uh, Gamers Nexus, which is now in Hadley. So some of you may have known Gamers Nexus is in Rayleigh, but it has moved. Um, I travelled to some of the European events, and uh, yeah, we decided to do this podcast about oh, what was it? About eighteen months ago now, wasn't it? Yes. October two thousand and fifteen. It was after a night out on Norwich, wasn't it? The idea came about. <laughs> it was on the way back from Stoke. Oh yeah, the name was in Norwich, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. we were on the way back from Stoke, and we decided that uh, we should start a podcast and better everybody else. Add our voices to the throng. Yeah, and then a couple of weeks later in Norwich, we decided on a, uh, a name and tagline. And everybody else decided that it was a very good idea for us to start a podcast. And so we, we did. We decided to, yeah, after we had been validated by our peers. That's it. On the first episode, we made the claim that we weren't going to have any big guests on. We weren't going to tell you how to get to Worlds. We were going to be very casual and just us chatting. And then Dave went and ruined that by becoming our national champion going to Worlds, and then after that we had a succession of big names from the community join us and catapult us into the big time. So after an introduction like that, Dave, would you like to introduce yourself and tell new listeners who and what Dave Bamford is? I am and what Dave Bamford is. That makes sense, right? That's a sentence. Um, I probably don't, yeah. <laughs> I've been playing since uh, 2012, Boxing Day, um, <laughs> to be specific. Uh, and I started playing competitively about five or six months later. Um, played a lot of Martel and Baratheon in first edition, and they're still two of my favourite houses going forward. Uh, I had a very successful year in the last year of first edition, winning the UK Nationals with Baratheon Maesters deck. Um, and you will hear us talk about Maesters a lot, because we, we loved them then, and we've got high hopes for them in the future. Um, I then went on to go to Worlds, uh, the kind people of the UK crowdfunded my flights um, so I could go there because they weren't provided that year by SDVM and FFG 
So thank you, UK, once again. Uh, I did pretty well there. I, uh, I got a play match in each of the three first edition Thrones events, Draft, Melee and Joust. I uh, made the cut in Melee and uh, made the top eight in Joust before being knocked out by my nemesis, Cephalo. Uh, that rivalry is a story for a rather earlier podcast episode. You can dig that yeah. out. <laughs> it will be referenced in the upcoming Banter Behind the Throne New player glossary. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so now I've got to do it. Yeah, it's only been promised for about six months. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that year I um, I did all right at Starlek and captained the UK to, uh, to failure in the team event. Uh, the, more recently in second edition, I won a regional. Uh, I did all right at Starlek again. And that was about it, really. That's me. So that just leaves us with uh, Tom Peel. Do you want to tell us about yourself, Peel? Well, we know about you. It's new listeners, really. We know if we're used to know about you. Not everything. Not everything. Your origins will also be referenced in the upcoming glossary. They will be. I originated from a pair of Dave's trousers. This is what happens when you leave clothes on the floor. Please do clean. It's always a good idea. Um, I then went on to be given some cards one night when coming in from the pub uh, by Dave. Like, hey, play this. Oh, all right, then. Uh, I subsequently lost. Um... For a long time. I eventually did beat Dave, but it still remains as one of the high points of my Thrones career. Uh, I'd like to think I'm the only person ever to win a tournament by only winning one game. And I've also got a full house at uh, Starlek once. So <laughs> that's, that's, about, that's about my achievements there. I mean, they're quite easily summarized. I haven't won much. Uh, but I don't think that's going to change. So, yeah. So there we go. Cool. Well, thanks, Bill. So, um, if you haven't guessed already, between the three of us, we represent a, uh, a sliding scale of Thrones talent and commitment. Um, so there's something here for everybody. Um, regular listeners um, can be assured that we've we've come to the conclusion that towards the end of the last season, uh, approximately episodes 45 to around about 59, we were going through that long experimental rock period that the Who went through, where we went a bit crazy, the music went on a bit long, and we experimented with different styles. But fear not, we're over that now. Yeah. We're back to putting out some banging tunes. Um, obviously, no music, we haven't got the licenses. But what yeah. I'm getting at is we're getting back to basics, good bands, and uh, off-topic chat aplenty. Um, so if you don't like that, now's a good time probably to, to switch off. Uh, thanks for listening to that bit at least. Um, or stay with us and enjoy the ride. Um, there is so, one yeah. thing we didn't do. Um, we never made a film about a pinball wizard, and I'm really quite upset we didn't do that with the reference to the Who thrown in there. Like, we could have had a film about a blind Thrones player ever since he was a young man. <laughs> he, he, he played himself with their own. He well, didn't know what if, he was playing. <laughs> or maybe he if go. we decide to do a Patreon, that can be some sort of backer reward. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to see a film about a blind Thrones player, presumably played like by Peel, because he doesn't read the cards anyway? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would take no acting whatsoever. Do you know the best thing was though? That song would just write itself so easy as well. <laughs> like it would just flow, just like what? That oh, could happen. That's one thing actually we should mention for new listeners. Oh yeah. Um, occasionally between the three of us, I must admit I take about a ten percent at best role in this. Um, but we make we make thrown songs, and each and every one of them has been an absolute ripper. People love them. So um, that's something as well. I kind of feel like I'm selling this to people. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> but, 
Please like us. Look at all the stuff we do. Um, <laughs> We're lovely people. He's trying really hard. <laughs> look at all this work we put in outside the scenes. Look, here's a picture of me singing into a microphone. Look at it. It's on our Facebook page. <laughs> and, and the final point, which I should mention, because um, I have looked at our viewer statistics, and occasionally we get people listening to us from all corners of the globe. Um, we are based in England, um, just in case you're listening to this from Malaysia or North Korea or something, and you're wondering, you can't place our accents, which I imagine probably doesn't take much effort. But yeah, we are based in England. We are an English-based podcast, but obviously we have guests from all over. We're equal opportunities when it comes to that. So now that's out of the way, um, we'll get started. Um, how was your Christmas, chaps? Uh, Peel, how was your Christmas? Good time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once I got past the whole seeing the family thing, it was fantastic. Um, Common problem. You know, Boxing Day pending, like oh, woo. take it a day at a time. No, but we did decide on our futures. Uh, we d- we did a Christmas meal afterwards. That was probably the highlight. Um, oh, it was, was good, wasn't it, Peel? Oh, oh, I was in the kitchen all day, Craven. You would have been loving it. Um, so did you two spend Christmas together? No, this was no, uh, the twenty seventh. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. We did a big Christmas feel uh, meal. Yeah, a Christmas feel. I love a Christmas feel. <laughs> I do as well. Uh, it was very jolly. We wore hats and bells. Um, but I, we cooked a roast dinner on the uh, the 27th. And speaking of which, spin-off series cooking show. Um, well, we discussed this, didn't we? We did. And I tell you what. We should do it. <laughs> we've got potential there. We could do dishes from all around the world or the fictional world, so to speak. I will cook us a hog roast. Um, but I don't think that's fictional, Peel. That's definitely a real thing. But that's the beauty of it. I hog roast that earlier on. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Do themed dishes. So if you were Greyjoy, what would you eat? I'll just like slam a mackerel down on a table and a knife. like <laughs> An old bit of fish and a turnip. Yeah. <laughs> if you're, um, you're not selling start. it for me, really. <laughs> I'm not really, am I? We'll do some form of cooking element. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, Dave, you struck me as the sort of person who on Christmas Day probably went to the pub until you were summoned back for your Christmas meal. Did do um, that as well. Sadly, um, sadly, I wasn't at the pub on Christmas Day. Uh, oh. Normally, I go to the pub on Christmas Eve with Peel. Hmm. Uh, and then my mum picks me up and we go to my grandparents, which is nice. And I wake up in Norfolk and oh, Christmas lovely. Day and I have to kind of like stagger for a hangover for the rest of the day. And I don't actually drink on Christmas Day. Um, no. Because I'm so hungover. This year I wasn't hungover, which was a first. Uh, but I still didn't really drink very much. So I kind of let the side down on that. But I more than made up for it the rest of the uh, festive period. Had a lovely little time. Good. Uh, yeah. I and how about your New Year's? Did you do anything nice for New Year's? Uh, we both went to a friend's house, which is nice. Had a good time. Oh, of course, because you put up a picture of you two climbing to a bed together, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, that was the end of the night. That was yeah. our last post of 2000. No, wait. That was our only post of... Does that count as 2016? Because it was the night of the 2016. So, therefore, I'm counting that as the last photo of 2016. Well, it's an aces high, aces low scenario, isn't it? Because it could be the first post of 2017. It could, but I was... Like, we were celebrating the end of the yeah, last I'll, year. I'll give you that one. Yeah, I like to think of it uh, as the last thing. Uh, put up on our page. Well, you may be fooled in thinking I was asking those questions because I was interested, but in reality, I was wrenching the subject onto me because on New Year's Eve, I won a store championship, baby. Aww. My first of the second edition. He's back. I, I went and did it. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ, he's going to have an ego now again. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Took us a year to beat him down, and now look. Well, you know what I've done is I've grown a beard, and that's helped. Uh, <laughs> I looked at who I think is the best player in the country, probably the world, which is Evan, and I thought, yep, yeah, <laughs> his beard is strong. His beard game is is excellent. Um, so I needed to add the beard to my arsenal. So uh, armed with a new beard, with some customised tokens from Dracula, and a, uh, a willful disdain of playing Greyjoy, I uh, won a store championship using the Night's Watch. Mm, I know. Easy mode, much? Well, you say that, but it really fucking was. <laughs> um, it was inspired. That's no slur on my opponents. Because um, I did lose one game. I lost one to Jack. Because as it turns out, when you can't find the wall for four turns, uh, the rest of the deck kind of falls on its ass. But um, it was inspired by our marathon prog rock epic Christmas episode when a um, friend of a show... Tom Barnaby Pass uh, made such a strong accounting for the Shadow Tower Mason. Uh, so I took one look at Shadow Tower Mason, took one look at the Haunted Forest and thought, yep, that'll do. Um, and fuck me, it's so good. It really is fantastic. As a side effect, you can start playing Will again now. He's not a, a four gold uh, banana skin anymore. Um, so that was a, a good takeaway from it. I don't want to sound like a dickhead or anything, but it is quite easy. It's not, you know, it's fine. You won it, that's good. Now you don't have to play Night's Watch again. No, I probably won't play Night's Watch again. I reckon there's something to be said, though, for a Night's Watch um, kind of crossing aggressive build that eschews the wall, um, purely because pretty much all of the Night's Watch characters are no attachments, and that goes a long way. But that's sitting at the back of my mind. I'll be, I'll be tinkering on that uh, in downtime. My best tournament to date, actually. Really, really enjoyed that. In in second edition, of course. Oh, in second edition, yeah. Well, well yeah, I fucking won loads of things in first edition. <coughs> um, <laughs> one thing. Obviously, pales in comparison, I imagine, to the scale and grandeur of the tournaments that you was at last weekend, Dave. They were pretty lovely. So this pretty is lovely. the much-talked-about Thrones Weekender. Although there's a, there's a pretender to the throne now, isn't there? Because there's a southern Weekender I see has popped up. Yes, that is oh. not officially endorsed by the the Weekender. Uh, no. It's been organised <laughs> by uh, new people who have not uh, sampled the delights of the original Weekender, and this is merely a hollow, Im- hollow imitation. Uh, although I'm, I'm assured that everybody had a lovely time. Uh, none of them made it to the Northern one, and therefore they can't, still can't really compare the two experiences. Uh, so yeah. this takes place in Stockton and Manchester, does it not? It does, yes. For the last uh, the last three years now, uh, there has been a set of tournaments, starting in Manchester on the Saturday and moving on to Stockton on Tees near Middlesbrough, not Stockport Peel near Manchester. Uh, yeah, you see, you... <laughs> that's why I assumed the weekender was kind of the one underneath, because I thought, you're going to drive from Manchester to the other side of the country, hungover, like, every year? Like, no, oh, oh, can't do two days hungover anymore. <laughs> it kills me. It just does. It, it hurts. Like... Genuinely. Um, so I just, I always assumed it was just in Stockport, which is the south one. Which is near Manchester, Technically. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's not. It's in Middlesbrough. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it started a couple of years ago, though. They both had a regional, and they decided, possibly more by chance than deliberately, but they ended hey. up on the same weekend. Um, and the next year, they held their store championships on the same weekend. And again this year. 
Uh, and it's a great little weekend. Uh, lots of people end up going on the Friday, although in this instance I didn't. Um, you do it, we go out, have a few drinks, and then uh, do it all again on the Sunday. Uh, and this year there was a, a an award for the player who placed the best overall in the Swiss, I believe. I don't know if you saw it posted on one of the groups, Craven. It's rather no, a little it's, trophy. It is best placed across the two of them. It is, yes. Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, and I'll just get the uh, the official wording of what the trophy is. It is, of course, the Golf Shirt Memorial Award for Weekendermans. For those who have attended U- uh, UK Thrones tournaments, or some of the larger ones. Uh, one of our one of our friends, Mitch, is famous for wearing a shirt covered in golf players, despite oh, not okay. playing golf. And so I, the, the player who placed best over the weekend won the Golf Shirt Memorial Award for Weekendlands. Uh, and happily, that was me. Hey! Hey! Look at me. Um, congratulatory, Miss Allround. Um, so, yeah, I played Greyjoy Reigns on the Saturday. I was I was inspired to play Greyjoy Reigns uh, by a tournament in Europe that did, where it did so well. Have they? No, I was inspired by our very own Lol Craven to play Greyjoy Reigns. Do you want to give newer listeners a little uh, lowdown about why it's good and what inspired you to do it? And then I'll have a sip of drink while I wait. You'll wet your whistle. Okay. Yeah. Um, so um, a long-time friend of ours, friend of a show, in general kind of hobby, stalwart, voice of the community, FFG article writer and jolly good chap, uh, James Wormsley, known as Jesse Wemmer, um, did very bloody well with a Tyrell Reigns deck, um, which he published on uh, Thrones DB. Um, I can't remember exactly the name of it now. Wemmer's always got very obscure names. I think it's called the Green Manalishi with the Rose Gold Crown. Something like that. It would undoubtedly be the most popular Tyrell Reigns deck if you want to go and check it out yourselves. Um, as part of that, uh, Wemmer wrote a very extensive explanation of why it works out of Tyrell, which boiled down to its base element is Tyrell can fuck around with the strength of the characters involved in the challenge, which makes your opponent on the back foot having to decide whether they're going to throw extra weight in front of the challenge, yada, yada. So it makes the range trigger another decision point for your opponent to think about, which ultimately adds up to lots of decisions and makes your game a bit easier. Um, I looked at it and thought, oh, I really, really like that idea. And I like playing obscure decks, I want to put my mind to it. And I thought, oh, I could probably wrench this into a Greyjoy shell because they can also manipulate the strength, but in different ways. Um, and also, no one will see it coming because it's Greyjoy and an intrigue-heavy agenda. So I sat down, built it around the shell of a general Greyjoy unopposed build, and it works exceptionally bloody well. Uh, for my money, I think it's the best version of Greyjoy Reigns out there, although your mileage may vary. Uh, Dave liked the look of it and decided to have a crack at it himself. He's done significant amounts of testing with it. Um, well, I say significant. That's a relative <laughs> term. He's done a lot more than I did. Um, and his uh, comments have been uh, sent to me and we've got a nice little back and forth chat about this deck going on in a private conversation through WhatsApp and um, yeah, Dave then took his modified version of the deck away so there we go, back to the intro to it you can find it on uh, FrogsDB as uh, the Reigns of Pike so uh, go and check it out if you want to see it uh, Dave's version doesn't change a great deal Um Okay, so yeah, I, I took your list, uh, and I played around with it a little bit, um, and I took it, I, I've been playing it in the village, uh, I've been, for those who don't know, we, we live in a, 
Pia and I live around a small village. We've got a, a reasonably nice meta, just a couple of us, but quite friendly. We've uh, been playing mm-hmm. all together for quite a few years with people dropping in and out. Um, and uh, since uh, since Stoke has taken a bit of a backseat towards the end of first edition, uh, Brigstock, the village we live in, is now considered, in many's eyes, to be the uh, the home of UK Thrones. At least I consider it the home of UK Thrones. <laughs> uh, and everyone who has been to the Paramore Invitational, a yearly event we've been hosting in the village, definitely agrees with me. Uh, so that's fine. Uh, so I've been playing it there. I've been playing it. Uh, I took it down to London uh, to play one of their Monday night sessions at the Cross Keys in the city, which is a lovely uh, weather spoons that used to be an old banking hall. Uh, cheapest point in the city. It's sort of like 375 of course. <laughs> um, and I took it down to Northampton, which is also relatively close to us, uh, and played a couple of games there. But uh, the key changes from Craven's deck was that I took out March to the Wall because it tended to be a bit more of a, a win-more card, uh, which I wasn't always keen to play, uh, and changed it to Battle of Oxcross, which uh, satisfies you for the high initiative, which is very important for the deck, controlling whether you want to go first, which you often do. Uh, and it also means triggering reigns is very, very easy if you throw that entry challenge that can't be blocked by their big characters, especially if you pop a, an appointed on Baymont. Uh The only other... Major ish, major changes. Uh, I dropped nightmares for a supportable people to go and get a the Great Kraken normally, but often a raiding longship, uh, and that set up quite a few plays where I could, um, you know, support the people into the raiding longship, play Battle of Oxcross the next turn to guarantee flipping flipping reigns the following uh, challenge phase. Uh, I added a slight bit more economy because I found it the deck was a bit skint. Uh, and I swapped out Littlefinger's Meddling, which I found was pretty underwhelming, and was kind of the flex rain slot, uh, as there was only zero and one cost events, and I changed it to Forgotten Plans, which was also incredibly underwhelming, but at least uh, gave me a measure of protection against Night's Watch decks and other stall decks that were playing Winter Festival and similar kinds of decks to that. Uh, so I, I stand by that decision, even though it was functionally useless. Uh, going forward, the main changes I would want to make to the deck would be probably find another Aaron Dampair, find room for him, because I found him very, very useful every time I drew him, and I didn't draw him nearly often enough. I found the deck way more consistent than you would expect for a deck that relies on intrigue icons in a house that doesn't have any. Uh, and it is definitely true, as uh, I think Wedge said over the weekend, that House Maester is Greyjoy's best two-cost non-unique character. Yeah. <laughs> Despite it being neutral, of course. Um, the thing about the deck is that you don't need to trigger reigns. In most cases, reigns is a nice thing to have, uh, and you don't suffer if you never trigger it, but it causes chaos, is the main point. You threaten reigns at all opportunities. Uh, and if you don't trigger it, it's not normally that big an issue. Uh, but then there are ca- occasions where it obviously helps you along. Um, and then it also just outright wins you games in the same way that uh, previously a heads on spikes hitting a tie in turn one would just win you the game, off or at least uh, demoralise your opponent enough to uh, be able to outplay them with ease. Um, a mid-challenge phase wildfire or um, a Varus's riddle on your opponent's valour, or flipping out of valour into claim or anything like that just closes games. Uh, with a nice little bow around it, so that's quite nice. But, but it basically is exactly in a nutshell. Um, the whole point of a deck is play it like a Greyjoy unopposed build and let your opponent dance around reigns. 
because they will. A lot of people will see the rains and people instantly panic. Oh, oh shit, I can't let that entry, I, uh, I can't let that entry challenge through because this is going to happen. When you break it down in rains, there's only a couple of things that will happen. Someone's going to stand, a wildfire might go off, which, you know, may hurt the person doing it as much as the next person. Um, what else could it do? Reduce some events. Um, what we got? We got Varus's riddle. So if you've got something exposed, you know, you might get that sort of thrown back in your face. But the actual things that Reigns does aren't always game-breaking. They're not as bad as people think they are, but it causes your opponent to start panicking and start playing around it happening, which makes everything else you're trying to do that little bit easier. Um, it's a central point that Wammer made in his write-up, which I extrapolated to Greyjoy, and it really does work. So, um, yeah, Dave hit the nail well and truly on the head with that one. All right, yeah. So um, we played uh, five rounds top eight, and I went 4-1 in Swiss. Uh, I had some... I'm trying to think what I actually played against. Um, I played against a, a Greyjoy Winter deck. That was actually the last round of Swiss, but I can't really remember what order everything happened in. Um, and that went very well because I, well, when he was forced to Valor, I still had Asha lying around. So, uh, against a minimal board, obviously she wrecks. That was quite nice. Yeah. Uh, one of the key things in this deck that I, I don't, um, you don't see people do it too often. And I know you've been, you've advocated this since first position, but it's flipping Rise of the Kraken way earlier than your opponent expects it to come. Mm. Because they absolutely shit themselves most of the time. They see it and they think, oh my god, what's in that hand? They're gonna, they're gonna close. There's gonna be some superior claim. There's gonna be, uh, kill events to make the two claim count more. That kind of thing. Um, that's not the point. The point is, two claim and as much unopposed power as possible, but just mm-hmm. putting the pressure on your opponent. Uh, this is particularly important if you need to, you can put off, um, a Valor or you can put off an economy plot and play that a bit later to kind of get something there. But if you've got a decent board set up, Flip your flip your rise earlier than you'd expect. So I think you used to do this quite a lot as well, people feel, didn't you? Yeah, I used to use it as a. Well, what I'd do is, um, if I figured like if I had a little bit of board dominance, I'd flip it um, on like turn two, kill as many of theirs as possible, just kind of you know reduce their numbers. They'd then naturally valor, um, and I'd have another kind of plot just waiting to go. And just hit them with what I needed to afterwards. As long as you've got board dominance when you use, well, not even that. You can, you can kind of take out quite a bit if you want. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. That it, it is a massive gamble doing it early because mm. obviously the the income is is very sort of small, and you are losing your traditional closer. But if with Greyjoy, they they are they've got a great ability to kind of have what I sort of call like a force multiplier effect. Ash has got a lot of a con. Um, uh, efficiency to a Balon has, um, and if if your opponent doesn't disrupt what you're doing at that point, even if you are flipping rise quite soon, you can get yourself into the sort of lead which puts such a clock on the game. It, it really, really speeds up the end and forces your opponent to. I, I think a lot of the time make sub suboptimal decisions because they panic, and it's a, it, it's a sort of thing that does sort. Um, High skill players out from low skill players, in my experience. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other matchups in particular, but I'll just go with the key ones. Um, I played against Whammer playing a Lannister Fealty deck uh, based around Harren Hall and the Tower of the Hand and uh, Jumping Clans, which is often quite popular out of Reigns, but in this instance, Whammer's decided to. 
play out fealty for that economy boost uh, and keep his you know scheme plots a bit more versatile, uh, which is fair enough. Uh, that was quite a fun matchup, which there was an Wammer had an issue at one point where he paid for a king's road that he didn't tend to use, uh, and then couldn't play treachery on a key raiding longship trigger, uh, which didn't go well. But the the real issue for him was uh, when he made me first on my Valor turn. Uh, I saved Euron, I believe, or possibly Aeron. Um, and I had a raiding longship and enough intrigue strength to push through the raids. Flipping out of my Valor into claim, triggering Varus's riddle on his counting coppers, which was quite nice. Uh, but suddenly, I've gone from, you know, some characters I've saved, but no, no pressure at all. Uh, to getting all three challenges off, a bit of unopposed power and all that kind of thing. Um, and it was quite quite brutal when he wasn't really there. He didn't really recover from that battle quite as well. Uh, so that was nice. Um, one of the uh, really cool things about Wammer's deck, and it has been posted the other day, uh, is that he was running two copies of Ghosts of Harrenhal. So uh, what Wammer was doing, he was using Harrenhal to put characters like Tywin in and then deliberately letting them die at the end of the phase from Harrenhal and then using Ghost of Harrenhal to bring them back in uh, oh, for free in the next plot phase. Uh, and that worked out really well. He ran two copies of that, and against me, he got uh, Tywin and Gregor Clegane into play for free after using them you know, for free the previous challenge phase. So that was uh, <sighs> quite nice tech. Uh, yeah, man, sadly, it was like the Jewel of the Nile. Yeah. So that was pretty good. Uh, sadly, he had no way to protect them, so they both did die on the Valor turn. Uh, and then the fact that he then made me first uh, had terrible, terrible implications for me. Um, my one loss in Swiss was to Rowan, uh, a guy who it may be known to newer players as Old Cobra Bubbles. Old Cobra Bubbles. Old Cobra Bubbles? No, he's not. No, I'm it's getting just... you confused now. It's just Cobra Bubbles. Yeah, I'm that's so. Um, on the boards, and he's got a punching for janky decks. And he was playing um, Tyrell Reigns. And, of course, as we've discussed, the, de the deck premise is fairly similar. Fuck about a challenge map and uh, cause your opponent some issues. Sadly, Tyrell are still better at it than Greyjoy. Yeah. Uh, and the added drama of him, I mean, knowing he runs both, or, or, all the three of uh, Wildfire in his scheme deck, Valor in his plot deck, with me running both them as well, but him also running Varys, and having to play around them and all the potential strength pumps and uh, high garden and offer of the peach and all these things is incredibly difficult. Uh, and so he was my uh, my loss in Swiss. My went on to make the cut. Uh, I played against a, uh, a Tyrell deck piloted by Sexy Rob from Stoke and I got to steal his arbor, which was quite nice. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's always good. Uh, and again, that, that was a game where I had Aaron on my Valor turn and I flip the Valor, he uses his, he was playing Tyrell Kraken, uses his eye, uh, Iron Mines and then just all his borders nailed. So, great. Lovely stuff. Uh, quite easy to close from there. Uh, and then I went on to play Rowan in the top four and again got uh, battered a bit, which was a shame. <laughs> you know, one of those games where uh, you draw the We Do Not So slightly too late. You know, a yeah. turn or two earlier, I'll be able to hit High Garden or uh, all the Arbor and potentially stolen it with uh, Euron. But by the time I drew it, Euron had died, 
and uh, it was just it was too late to bring anything back simply from the discard, which was a shame. Um, yeah, so that was me out in the top four, and Rowan went on to win it. It was his first uh, it was his first major tournament win outside of Norwich, I believe. So oh, congratulations! I didn't know that. Local ones. So congratulations well done, Rowan. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's well deserved. Um, yeah, so that's that. Uh, on the Sunday, I obviously I was most consistent player, and I made the cut again uh, with a Martel deck. Ooh. But that is under wraps at present, and I won't be speaking about that until <clears> a later date. But it's it's quite fun, and uh, there's some secret tech in there which I'm very keen to talk about. How that impacted my day. It was good fun. Oh. So you've got it's your other currently back on under that. embargo. It is, yeah. Mm. So that was my weekend. Um, great times. Uh, play of the weekend, of course, stealing uh, on the Friday night, playtesting with Rowan and stealing his arbor with We Do Not Sow and Euron, and then um, doing it again and duping his arbor with my Euron. That was fun. That sounds great. So you managed to take First Blood and First Blood Part 2? I, I did. You're right. I, I had a tremendous Rambo over time. So, yeah. That was my weekend. Hang on. I thought we were doing Michael Douglas. I've been slipping in other bits. I've been doing Sylvester Stallone films. <laughs> <laughs> they were much easier to slip in. He's got like so many films that are just general phrases. I mean, I didn't have to say grudge match at least once, which is upsetting. But I <laughs> I'm as a shoehorn jewel of a nylon, and now you just change the fucking terms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? You managed to get to Julian and Ireland? In that case, then I'll make that one less obvious and go back to Michael Douglas then. I, I didn't even... say, I'm not letting you, I'm not wasting that. I didn't. I, didn't, I completely missed the Julian and Nile. Oh, that was a bit. Oh. I was hoping someone was going to say, oh, why didn't you call your Greyjoy deck Black Rain? Because it was Rain's Black Rain. Michael. Come on, guys. It's your basic instinct. Exactly. Come on, Peel. This is easy. <laughs> oh, dear, All right, God. I just basically spent the weekend in my room. Um, it's quite nice. Um, you know, it's it's enjoyable. When sometimes, every so often, when you just have a weekend of gaming, that's what I must admit. I've been taking up more of my time than anything else, which is a shame. What was you playing, Pim? Uh I was playing something around the. Uh, well, I was playing The Witcher. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> trying, to, trying to duck out the question. Trying to think of something, yeah. Trying to think of something more like popular slash you know modern. But in reality, let's be honest. I was playing The Witcher and I was trying to get all the sexual conquests that are possible because that's <laughs> what you built around. And anyone who sits there and goes, "Oh, I would do that," that's a lie. You're always going to try and get both Triss and the other one and end up being left by both of them because that's what happens. <laughs> well, I'm just, the Witcher. So this is all very confusing. It's just how you play the game, Dave. Okay. You know, it's basic instinct taking over. <laughs> Fair enough. So have you given up on Final Fantasy XV? I haven't given up. I've just put it to one side. Yeah. Okay. You know, well, that, that's going to come back. It's, it's going to come back, Dave. It's just at the moment, it's a little bit kind of... Um, I don't know. I played halfway through it. I got to a point where I thought I was halfway. Um... Or like what felt like about halfway, and then thought, right, I know what's going on. I'll leave it be here, you know, and I'll have one last blast. And I saw someone playing The Witcher Three, and I've never, I brought it about two years ago for when I got my PlayStation, and I've never really put it in. I've never really played it, and then all of a sudden, I just started and threw myself into the deep end and uh, loved every second of it. Mm. I've been playing a lot of Path of Exile. Ah. What is that? 
It's. It, do you remember like Diablo 2? Yeah, yeah. It's made by, I think, I don't know if it's made by the people who made that, or definitely it's heavily inspired by that, but it's on Steam, um, and it's entirely free. And it's not one of those games that's free until you hit a paywall, or you, can, you can't you can run unless you've paid money or whatever. It literally is entirely free. Uh, the only thing you can pay for is, uh, like, cosmetic upgrades, it's like your okay. town portals or, like, your armor kits, and you can buy extra space in your stash if um, you play enough that you run out of room. But um, I tell you what, it's fucking fantastic. It really is really good. Um, I highly recommend it if you like your uh, choppy, choppy kind of action RPG style games because it's, it's yeah, bloody good fun. You thoroughly love Diablo, so I mean that's something. I'll probably have to go through it just on that at all. Yeah, it's very much Diablo two rather than Diablo three. If that makes any difference, uh, I can't. Something it will do. I can't remember too much about Diablo two if I'm brutally honest. Um, significantly better than Diablo three. You say that, but Diablo three was very good. Oh, I enjoyed it, but. Yeah, it, it definitely lacked a certain um, je ne sais quoi that um, <laughs> Blood Tomb had. Okay, fellas. So, um, back to today's tournament reports. Uh, what is on the agenda coming up? We're going to be hitting regional season soon, but as far as I'm aware, there's no announcements of who or where is holding them. Is that correct? As far as I'm aware, that is correct. I know applications ended a couple of weeks ago. So, um, I remember last time regionals were announced, it caused somewhat of a stir, didn't it? Because a lot of us felt um, that there was um, unequal distribution of regionals around the country. Only one in the London area, Greater London area, or was it two? No, there was just one in the Greater London area, as far as I remember. wasn't it, in Bromley? No, it was Reading. Reading, yeah. It was Reading, yeah, because Warbore got, I think, X-Wing and Star Wars, but it didn't get framed that way. Everything else was within about an hour's drive from Manchester or, or thereabouts, um, <laughs> which was a little bit of a shame. So hopefully that's going to be better done uh, this time round. But, um, yeah, people may or may not be aware that the European Championships official, um, for many people, Starlick is the European Championship and has been recognised as such with car designs. But um, FFG have... Uh, I suppose put their foot down and made their own version of it now, but it's going to be held at the Games Expo in Birmingham uh, later in the year. Um, if you haven't already sorted out how to get there, where to stay or whatever, I suggest you do it as soon as possible because uh, the Games Expo has been getting bigger and bigger every year. Um, and also at the same weekend, I'm reliably informed that Take That are performing in Birmingham. So a lot of hotels are sold out, and those that aren't are still charging for the nose to stay there. Mm. So um, you need to get in there real quick, unless you're going to be looking at travelling in and out. Uh, your ticket will have to also include a day pass at the minimum for the expo itself, uh, which you haven't been. I would suggest going anyway, because it's actually quite good. Um, mm. I think it was our first kind of... When collectively, me, me, you, all of us, and obviously our extended circle of friends, friends kind of had a weekend away doing stuff, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I think it was the first overnight stay oh, most one. of us experienced all, all at once. Yeah, and it was a fantastic <laughs> Not meal, of course. <laughs> I went Christian, to the second one after that. He did. Christian Peterson turned up to that, didn't he? Uh, he did, yes. He did. Yeah, he dropped in. Came to see us, although I didn't yeah. see him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was fun. What a great day. Oh, good times. Very good times indeed. And if you do see us knocking about there, obviously come and say hello. We love talking to people. 
uh, especially people who buy us drinks and buy me food. Um, you don't have to do that. Obviously, it would be appreciated. Uh, so, yeah, if you are interested in that, of course, um, go and check out the website. It's the first weekend in June. Um, so book annual leave and so forth as appropriate if you're a shift worker like myself. And worst case scenario, you can come watch me falling down. So, I mean, yes, there will be a lot of falling down. Yeah. Yeah. One of all my alcohol-induced uh, calamities. I'm going to be drinking, Dave. I have to drink, otherwise I can't play. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Metaphorically <laughs> and physically, Peel will be falling down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will be. Badly. Um, I wonder why I, I mean, did not... I had place this year. I think it was in the 120s, which is not good. Seeing as there was only... Well, what, Starlack? No, well, Starlack... Um, was not a good result at all at nationals oh of course i always think about the last nationals we went to as one day one i've like scrubbed all other nationals from my memory because i wasn't there so like they never happened sorry ryan but uh it's not legitimate in my eyes let's find out you were you were were another one 88 that's a whole 50 places better than you thought that's not oh you see, when you say out of 107, it doesn't sound as good. No, but it sounds a lot better than 120 out of 107. Oh, yeah, that's that would be awful. <laughs> <laughs> Negative 13. <laughs> they put me over the other side of the room. Just stay over there and play with yourself. Um, leave me beyond the reach. So, uh, you know the jousting pavilion, like, it records... Not only can you use it to run tournaments uh, and mm. look at results and stuff, but it records individual players' performances now. So if, well, you, okay. if you've been in a tournament... Um, that is recorded on the jousting pavilion, then you can look at your historic tournament winningness. Uh, your best performance so far, Peel. Do you want to know what it is? Yes. It's seventh. Okay. In, according to jousting pavilion. So, out, of, out of 14. Uh, and that was at the Paramore Invitational. <laughs> 50 percent. <laughs> is yeah. a, uh, which is a tough field. Uh, with a very a very handsome uh, winner and host that year. Hang on, I wasn't there. I didn't host it. <laughs> oh, you mean yourself? I do mean myself. You it is sly devil, you. <laughs> it is worrying that I've hosted it two years in a row and won it two years in a row. But we're not gonna we're not gonna moan. It's like when you're the bank at Monopoly, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's just like that. Although this year, you know, I can't be accused of manipulating the software because I had to pair it by hand uh, because I didn't have any internet service and uh, I needed to update Java to use the old Tawny Magistrate software. So, um, yeah, I had to pair it by using, like, two forecast characters and shuffling all the things. And you draw a forecast, and you draw a forecast, and you could play each other. So that was fun. Uh, and then Alex Hines helped me organise the uh, extended strength of schedule, which is an absolute bore leg. Yeah. Well, I think that's a fair enough way of working out the Swiss beyond a reasonable doubt. That is <laughs> definitely the way to do it. Um, go on. What's my best performance, Dave? I just want to hear you say it. I'm not sure you're going to be in there, in fairness. Uh, I definitely am. In the jousting pavilion. Let's oh, have yes. a look. Let's find players. Greater. Oh, you're, you're in there twice. You've got two names under yes. Lol and Lawrence. That's so, the problem, isn't it? Lol's best performance was 46 at Blackwater Bay and Lawrence's best performance was first Ray. Oh, 
So basically, I need to enter all my tournaments as Lawrence Craven now, don't I? Ah, well, you can ask someone. You can ask an admin to merge your profiles. So I've, uh, I've, I've ah. merged, I had someone merge Peel's profiles the other day. Did you? Yeah, because you were under uh, Thomas Peel and T Peel, Tom Peel, and like Thomas P England or something. And also, <laughs> depending on who added them. Oddly, at one occasion, he was under the name the King of California. <laughs> <laughs> Don't really know why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I was probably hiding from some ghosts of girlfriends past. Yeah. Oh, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> if that hasn't given it away, I don't know what will. Um, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I don't want to merge my titles because um, Lawrence Craven is clearly much better than Lowell Craven, and Lowell Craven is just going to drag the average down. So, <laughs> Does this mean you're going to use your formal name now? Just whenever you go, Lawrence Craven here to play, and just, you know, try and. Sell the illusion a little bit instead of them calling you lol. Well, yeah, lol Craven's when I rock up in like a Star Wars t shirt and baggy jeans, but Lawrence Craven's when I'm wearing my most fetching pocket square <laughs> and playing Night's Watch. Well, it's like, yep. I'm going to boredom you to death, but I'm going to look yeah. like a gentleman while I do it. Yeah. yeah, I won't do that again, don't worry. I've got new ideas. New ideas? Oh, yes. Oh. Cunning ideas. Because it turns out, I do know how to build decks when I give myself the credit of actually doing it. Um, and I had no no weird calls in this one, like the much maligned scurvy cutthroat dilemma. I approved of the scurvy cutthroat. He was fine. Scurvy cutthroat was good. Yeah, it did what it needed to do that time. It stopped the dragon coming out. But this is first edition talk, everybody, and not everyone knows what we're talking about. Right, guys, so um, thanks for joining us for this Welcome Back episode. Uh, we're pretty much going to wrap up there because it's been a, a quiet Christmas, and as we are ducking out of reviewing Ghost of Harren Hall, because it doesn't seem a great bit of point. Um, other lesser voices have already talked about it elsewhere. Throughout this season, if you like, or from here on out, we have an email address. It's banterbehindthethrone at gmail.com. Um, if there's anything you want us to tackle, talk about, any questions you want to put to any member of the team uh, about anything, really. It doesn't even have to be about thrones, love life dilemmas, cooking recipes. What do you do if your cat is sick? Um, send us a question and we'll try Take and get... Take them to the vets. Please do not ask us that, for the love of God. Otherwise, we're going to check it one Monday. Oh, yeah, my cat's vomiting blood. What should I do? And it's just kind of like, take them to the vets. Well... <laughs> <laughs> slightly, slightly funny story there. <laughs> um, two weeks before Christmas, my blessed Oliver was very, very sick. Uh, took him to the vets, and it cost me eight hundred pounds to put him better. Um, I subsequently came. Sure? Oh no, we weren't. Of course. We weren't. Oh, that was what we called a massive oversight. Um, mm-hmm. Came back, insured all of them, thought it was all okay. He made a full recovery. A month later on, I come home to blood, blood everywhere in the house. And this little cat sitting there shivering, blood all around him. And, oh, as you can imagine, I was quite upset. Uh, took him to the vet. And what it looks like has happened, he had a stomach infection the first time. And then for whatever reason, he just picked up another one like a month later on. There's nothing wrong with him. There's no internal injury. He didn't eat anything. He hasn't got, like, cancer or anything like that. He just got another stomach infection. But this time he chucked up loads of blood at the same time. So we have put an insurance claim for it, which I desperately hope they accept despite the similarities between them, because this time it cost an eye-watering £1,300. So, yeah, if you've got anything you want us to tackle or talk about, then you can email it to us. Um, but fear not, we have a more open forum style, which we do every so often. Um, I'd love to say there is rhyme and reason to it, but generally it's because when we plan these episodes, sometimes we haven't got a clue what to talk about. 
So we farm it out to the community. On our Facebook page, people drop questions across a couple of days, and then we go through them in order. Um, so you can do that as well if you want. But if it's something you desperately want to talk about or want to ask us, do email us at banterbehindthethrone at gmail.com. Um, and that brings us to the end of the show. Um, and the last thing for us to talk about is, of course, Thomas Peel's Tip of the Week. This week's Tip of the Week is a new tip for new people. Well, it's Tip of the Week, Tip of the Bye Week. Um, it's the new year. It's 2017. All your playmats by now, you know, if you've either been playing since the start of second edition or the start of first edition, or even back in the days where you had to buy packs of cards to add to a collection to try and get that lovely, lovely, lovely... Well, ah, oh, what was the one I had? Ah, oh, how have I forgotten this? He was so beautiful. Um, it was Eddard Stark, yeah. For some reason, I was thinking Baratheon. No, it wasn't Baratheon. It was Stark, and I was trying to think through them. So, yeah, trying to get that lovely Eddard Stark to win all the games. Uh, Eddard Stark's not even rare feel. He's in one of the starter sets. Is he? Yeah, I've got, like, three copies of him. Oh, sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm is. I put him in the draft pool. Peel is easily I'm, pleased. I've only ever played it once. <laughs> it was amazing. Anyway, um, so all your mats now, they're probably looking a little bit dirty, probably looking a little bit rough. You've probably spilled a drink on them. I know I have several times. Maybe even got some hot wing sauce on there. Though that's not the point. The point is, if you want a surefire way of cleaning your mats, and by surefire, I mean not endorsed by any way by Banter Behind the Throne, put them in the dishwasher. That's what you do with beer mats. They're the same material, and they come out sparkling. Oh, God. I'm so shaky about this tip. <laughs> it will work. I can guarantee it. I, will, I tell you what, I will, I will do a challenge. I will take pictures to prove it works. Oh, God. I, it's not going to ruin a playback. <laughs> and if it does, it's story. And an anecdote for later reference, all right? It will be fine. Okay, well, you could test that and report back to us in two weeks' time. I'll report back to you in a day. Go put a dishwasher on now. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to put a dishwasher off now. There's only three plates. It'll be a waste of water. They've been rinsed first. They're just waiting to be turned on. Standard. That's fair. Thank you, Peel, for being environmentally conscious. Sorry. No